Good evening, everyone, and thanks for joining us here at the Coast to Coast Athletic Podcast. I am Josh Pittman, your host, and I am once again joined by the athletic and the intelligent Michael Mueller. Mike, how are we doing? Doing great. Athletic as ever. Athletic as ever? Sure. Yeah. Well, you got in some ball this weekend, right? Uh, just a little bit, you know, a little church-going ball, which you got to be careful with. You got to be careful. Yeah. Well, I just want to take this opportunity, Mike, before we even start uh, discussing sports and, and, and analyzing everything, and just want to thank everyone who, who listened to our podcast, the first installment. This is the second one now. But that first one had over 60 people tune in and listen to it. We, I, I don't even have 60 friends. I don't either. And so just not for, that I know. Not that I yeah, Exactly, right? <laughs> and so just for, for people to tune in, we just want to say thank you guys. And if you want to continue to support us, please download the Anchor Podcast app, and you can listen to our podcast on that app. You can also find us on even Spotify and Google Podcast. Yeah. So I guess you can say we're starting to make it big now. I guess. I guess so. So. Three affiliates. Three affiliates, right? Maybe, hopefully more on the way. But so that being said, Mike, uh, I want to go ahead and just discuss why, maybe not why we're doing a podcast, but what the point of this podcast is. And obviously, we are a sports podcast. We're here to talk about sports, um, and we're here to analyze specific games and teams and players. But we are here to actually just talk about sports. And what sports are and why they're so significant in society and why they have such a powerful role in society. And so with that being said, I I almost want to jump into the importance of sports and why cities find their sports teams so significant. And what do you have to say about that? Being Being from Indianapolis, obviously being a Pacers fan, why do you think that teams have such a powerful pool within their own cities and and why the citizens of a city find their sports team so significant where even their affections and their emotions are determined and influenced by how their sports team does i think a lot of it goes to uh older culture i mean i think uh when you look at your reggie millers or your paid mannings uh i think a lot of a lot of those players, when you, when you think about those two players in particular, with Reggie and Peyton, uh, both were in the league for 18 years, stayed with one team. Well, Peyton uh, moved on. Uh, he didn't move on. The Colts moved on from him. But, yeah. uh, you know, he wasn't really – I mean, he won a championship with the Broncos, set a couple records with the Broncos. But, you know, that was – uh, his career was with the Colts. Yeah. Well, when they when he won that Super Bowl, he wasn't that good. He wasn't his, his he defense. Wasn't the same. His defense was his what defense won. won he, but the this threat was still there. I mean, like his arm wasn't as strong as it used to be, but he can still outsmart you. He sure. can outsmart you at sure. the line. Yeah. Um, which I mean, what's what he? What's that's what he? That's what he did. Um, but you know, you got to think, you know, when a Reggie Miller is coming, uh, to the Pacers at 20 years old and he stays with the Pacers until he's 38, um, you know, half of his life was spent in Indiana. Um, I actually, uh, like I said, Mueller Lawn Care, we mow in the Geist Carmel Fishers area of That's Indiana. Right. We, we allow uh, you to get that added, get that little bug in. Uh, but you know, I actually saw Reggie and his son, you know, walking along 
in Geist where he used to live. So uh, there's kind of a personal relationship. Yeah, that there's, you have there's with these that players. personal connection. Like he is a part of the community and uh, it's definitely something that's palpable because it's like, you know, especially those players that are in the city for, for yeah. years, you know, they live, be, live in the, yeah, live yeah in the they city. become ingrained, you know, their kids go to school. Like yeah. I actually coached basketball against Adam Vinatieri's son uh, when he was in middle school. Was he a kicker? Was, was it for basketball? Or basketball, for, yeah. Okay. I coached middle school basketball for a year. And uh, we coached against his his team twice uh, in a tournament and in just regular season play. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's a part of the community. He was just sitting in there like a normal fan. Like, you know, anyone could have gone up and rushed up to him. But, you know, he's, he's a father, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where um, – more people kind of bind together and follow a team. I mean, how do you, how do you think it works in LA? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know that side of the coast. I mean, yeah. in the Midwest, you know, when you're in that for the eight to nine months out of the year. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, there's a couple things I think about. So the first thing is why do people really like sports in general and why are they so riveted by sports? And when I think about this, the, the, the the consumer and the the sports fan experience when one goes to a stadium or goes to a re, an arena and that space provides an opportunity for the the fans emotions to come out in ways that no other space allows that yeah so you're able to scream as loud as you want for as, as really as long as you want to yeah and no one looks at you and says what are you doing well, and the camaraderie too. Yeah, because exactly. Not only that, like it's not you. Like right now, we're watching the Notre Dame UCLA game. Go Bruins! Hey, yeah. clap. Hey, I, I don't know. But <laughs> go fight, win. I think that's Notre Dame's. <laughs> I, I'm from Indiana. I should be, I guess, a Notre Dame fan. Definitely not an IU Purdue fan. We probably yeah. just lost half our listeners. Yeah, uh, um, they were the worst part of the listeners anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Showing a little bias there, but no, I. Uh, you know, you can't do that in your basement. You know, even if you have the boys over to watch a game, you know, you're not getting that same. I mean, you'll get some camaraderie, yeah, but absolutely. you're not the dyed and wool fan that's at the game. Yeah. You know, no, that's a good point. I, I actually remember, I can recall multiple times. So, for example, me and my, my dad, Jason Pittman, our statistician, when we had Charger season tickets when they were in their actual home of San Diego. And uh, we were friends with the people that, you know, that sat around us and we, we knew each other's names. We would have each other over in the motorhome and eat with each other. And there was this communal element of we're friends. We don't know anything about each other, but we're friends because we support the same team. Right. And so there's this there's this aspect where you're able to express emotions in a way that you're not able to express anywhere else. Like a kinship, you know, a kinship, right. You're able to you have a camaraderie with other men and women that you don't really, where you over, you don't care about other aspects of each other's life, but yeah. you just support the same team. Democrat, and you just, Republican, who cares? You're just race, support religion. You're supporting. You have your team. team. You have your team in mind. And so I think in light of all of that, we're able to express emotions you know, experience camaraderie, it creates an affection and a connection with that team that you're rooting for even more than, man, if, you know, if you were just watching on TV. Now, don't get me wrong. I recognize there's people that are listening to this podcast. They've never gone to a single game to yeah. watch their team play, and yet they Why? love their team. Yeah, yeah, they never watch them live. 
But I think the point that we're trying to make here is there's this aspect of camaraderie and mm-hmm. your emotions and your affections mm-hmm. that sports and your team receive from you that cause you to be to feel even more connected and be even more passionate about those teams. Right. And so that's kind of where I start. But when I think about L.A. teams, you know, the most popular team in Los Angeles and I would say even in California in general is the Lakers. Oh, and what is – when everyone thinks of the Lakers, they think of Showtime. Uh-huh. They think of when the lights are on the court, there's only lights on the court. There's yeah. no other light in the stands except for the lights that are on the court. Just like – and not to cut you off, but just like Market Square Arena, not Market Square Arena, Madison Square Garden. Sorry, I was thinking of the Pacers. Yeah. But they used to do this thematic, you know, the theatrical lighting. Yeah. That is the difference. It's this type of all the attention is on the show that's yeah. taking place right now. And so, in at least with the Los Angeles Lakers, they have two things. They're winners. Yeah. So they win. So it's mm-hmm. more, you know, it's more exciting to watch a winning team. But the second is they're entertaining. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of different things that pull for your attention in, in Southern California. So you have a plethora of sports teams, but there's a lot of other things you can do besides yeah, that yeah. because there's good weather. So like you can go to the beach, you can go to the, you can do whatever you want all year round. So why should I watch? Why should I watch a sports team if they're not entertaining? But yeah. something that the Lakers have always had for them is they're good. Now, I know that they haven't been as good for the last couple of years. They're better now, but they have been good and they've been entertaining. And those two things right there are what gravitates you to want to watch a team play. Just think of California in general. Like, I mean, we know that it's, it's, is it the largest per capita? Like they've got the largest population, I believe. Well, they have the, the largest population of any state in the United States. And it's. What the third largest state as well? You're talking about landmass, landmass wise. I'm not sure about land. I know Alaska and Texas are bigger, so yeah, actually, yeah. probably third. Third, yeah, probably yeah. third. Um, but think about the range that you have from the north, you've got Golden State, you've got San Francisco, you've got San Francisco 49ers, you've got the Giants, then you've also got Stanford. Uh, college you got, football. you got the Raiders, you got the Sacramento got, Kings. Yeah. Just working your way down south, you know, then you got, you know, San, well, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, we and we can say San Diego. I'll say San Diego Chargers because I, I still, I don't really agree with the move, but I mean, not being from that area and seeing it from an outside perspective of, you know, I understand the stadium was in disrepair. Like it was an older stadium. Um, it was going to cost you money to fix it. And the fan base wasn't as strong from outside perspective. And it's, it's weird when you live in different parts of the country. That's why it's coast to coast podcast. That's right. Um, from the outside from San Diego all the way up to Augusta, Maine. There you go. <laughs> um, but it's like, when you look at it, it's like, okay, well, stadiums falling apart. The, you know, community's kind of indifferent about them even staying there because you've got the Padres and the Chargers. Um, but there's not really a lot of local support because, you know, most of their games have other teams traveling there. Well, trust me, when I live in Pittsburgh 
and my game in December is against the Chargers, I will pay top dollar to go watch the Chargers in San Diego as opposed to watching sure. them. Yeah, it's an attractive away so destination. Yeah, it's an attractive. That's just like when Oakland moves to Las Vegas. Yeah. That's going to be incredibly attractive. Yeah. Uh, because brand new stadium, Las Vegas, cheapest airfare to get there. But yeah, it's, you know, it's it's outside perspective looking at California. It's like you guys have so much else to do. Not only do you have a plethora of like the USC Trojans or UCLA Bruins, all the college teams, Cal Berkeley. Like, yeah, you know, there's just a lot of other teams you can watch. There's so much you can do. But then at the same time, I had a friend that lived in Huntington Beach for two or three years. And he said, oh, he's like, we go to the beach. We could surf two hours. We could be snow snowboarding. He's like, or we could be on trails. Like, I was like, or we could be, you know, in LA, you know, I was like, or, you know, a couple hours would be in San Francisco and Napa Valley. And I'm like, that's pretty nice. You yeah. know, that's a pretty, pretty nice, you know, to have all that accessibility. Yeah. You know, yeah, and the weather's good. You know, just so our listeners know, it's probably 20 degrees here right now. Uh, it's, it's, oh, it's pretty wind, windshield of 11. Yeah. It's pretty chilly outside. Um, so with that being said, Mike, we, we are talking about the NFL right now. And, and we did just have a recent caller, Tyler Grexton, one of my good buddies since I was eight year old called in. And, uh, when you ask about the green Bay Packers and in particular, Mike McCarthy's firing, and Aaron Rodgers, and what what's the, the future of the Packers look like? Hello, Coast to Coast Podcast. My name's Tyler Gregson. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. All right, so my question today is a little bit about the NFL. So is Mike McCarthy's firing from the Packers going to help the Packers out a little bit? Is it going to be a long-term problem that uh, Mike McCarthy could not have fixed? Or is it just going to be this year and the Packers are going to be back to being the Packers next year? And a next little general statement for those who are video game players and those that are soccer fans and or maybe just one, um, I would recommend FIFA 19. It, it is an exceptional game and I, I think everybody should be playing it. So just kind of want to shout that out there. So thanks for answering my question. I hope you guys have a great one. I've heard a lot of different opinions on this. Um from many different shows and even from different players talking on the shows of, of, you know, their perspective of, of what it is. Um, My opinion is I think it was a bad deal. I think you, you owe it to Mike McCarthy to have him stay for the rest of the year. Sure. I won the Super Bowl. You won the Super Bowl, but you got to realize this. They can't get a jump on a new coach anytime soon. Like they have to wait till the end of the season, just like everyone else. They can't start interviewing anyone until the end of the regular season. Because I mean, there's still other coaches are still. Coaching. They, yeah, they can't. They can't interview. Like Green Bay can't interview any of them. Like so, they're gonna sit on their hands and watch. Like what and what GMs or presidents yeah. should be doing anyway is watching other games to see how other coordinators are going to work. Now, uh, I don't know what the legality is to reach out to college coaches, 
but I can tell you a couple of coaches that will not be going to the Green Bay Packers because I don't think Green Bay is a very good destination to go to. Uh, not saying anything against Green Bay fans because my sister <laughs> I well, they're her, great fans. I call her my sister because she is she's actually my sister-in-law, but I, our relationship is she's my sister. Um, she is a she's an owner. She owns uh, Green Bay stock and um, and uh, I talked to her about it. And she said, yeah, it was it was a good move and I I disagree because he's still a good coach and if anything, uh, if if Aaron Rodgers isn't running the plays that Mike McCarthy's calling, sure, exactly, yeah, he's changing plays, right? He's changing plays, and even Jeff Saturday said this. You know, sometimes when he'd go to the huddle, Mike McCarthy would call a play, he'd roll his eyes and and, yeah. and run the play, even though he didn't want to run it or run his own play. Um, I bench Aaron Rodgers, and, and I know that sounds blasphemous, but he hasn't done. As good a job. And yeah, everyone's like, well, he's got incredible talent and stuff like that. I was like, you can have all the talent in the world. You are getting paid not to be the coach. Yeah. You are getting paid to play the position of exactly. quarterback. Exactly. Right. The coach can see different things that you can't see. Because even as an artist, I can be so funneled in on what I'm doing. If I don't take a step back like I would be a coach – to see the bigger picture, then we're going nowhere. And and clearly, when the organization went ahead and did a hundred and sixty plus million dollar extension, clearly the organization is backing Aaron Rodgers. Sure, Mike McCarthy has limited time. Yeah. Now, I think anyone that goes there, the biggest warning is you're going to have to deal with Aaron Rodgers. Because yeah. clearly Green Bay's backed him. Yeah. I I I feel sorry because, you know, the Colts kind of got, you know, hamstrung by um, uh, what's his name? New England's offensive. Oh, Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. You know, yeah. he signed signed and then reneged. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> which is crazy. But I don't think there's any other place that Josh McDaniels is gonna go. Besides New England, like he's waiting for Bill Belichick to leave. Yeah. But he's not going to go to Green Bay. Yeah. Like, because Aaron Rodgers isn't going to want him. Because Tom Brady's already came out and said, if I had the talent of Aaron Rodgers, I'd have 7,000 yards. I'd have 75 touchdowns. I'd have every Super Bowl with the amount of talent that he has. Yeah. So who's going to go there? Who's going to want to go there? Even if you're a college coach. Like Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley's not going to leave Oklahoma. He hasn't made at Oklahoma. Yeah. He just had two straight Heisman Trophy winners. Yeah. Like, why would you leave? Why would you leave a great program and you're getting paid, what, four or five million dollars? Yeah. What is Green Bay going to pay you? Not more than that. And it's, it's quite frankly kind of a dysfunctional franchise right now. Right. With- and you get to recruit the players that fit your system. And you have two Heisman Trophy winners back to back. And would Aaron Rodgers even respect you? No. Probably not. Probably. He's not respecting Mike McCarthy, who won him the Super Bowl. You got to realize when Aaron Rodgers won, he still had no idea what he was doing. Like, and and I'm not saying that to to demean Aaron Rodgers and his talent, and I'm not saying that to be, you know, just a random guy that 
you know, looks at sports, but I know coaching. Like, there's stuff that players don't know yet. Yeah. Just like, in general. As in goes, general. Yeah. As people. Like, there's stuff that Mike McCarthy was pulling out that he had to teach you. He had to run through the plays. The whole team had to be on the same page. And then you got it. I don't think you're going to get that with, you know, if Aaron Rodgers didn't have Mike McCarthy, he doesn't win a Super Bowl. And and did everything have to line up perfectly for them to win? They were the sixth seed. You know, yeah. They had to have everything line up. They were underdogs the whole way. Did Aaron Rodgers, because of his immense God-given skill, help them? Did indeed. Like yeah. he has just that God given oh, talent. He's got he's an incredible talent. But it had to be coaching. You you had to run the certain plays that were given and scripted for you. If they're broken yeah. plays. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. This this is my thought behind it. For anyone who who is listening to our, our podcast and cares about our opinion, and you think that because Mike McCarthy was the coach and he was holding back Aaron Rodgers, you are crazy. Yeah. And the reason for – I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers' stats right now. Since Aaron Rodgers became a full-time starter in 2008, he has never had a passer rating below 90. Crazy. He's been a great quarterback. These yeah. are Super Bowl-winning stats. Yeah. And so – but what I can tell you – now, now what I'm saying, once again, is that – McCarthy has not held back Aaron Rodgers at all. He's been a Super Bowl winning quarterback, Super Bowl winning stats. But that being said, you know what's held Green Bay back is their, in my opinion, their defense. Their defense has not been that good. I'm looking at their stats right now for this season. Just if we're looking at points, obviously there's a lot of other stats I can look at for for defense. But they're 17th in points allowed per game. They're they're allowing 24 points a game. They're they're middle of the field, which isn't going to do anything for you. And that's where that's I mean, that's where if you look at any middle of the road team, if you look at Indianapolis, if you look at the Dolphins, if you look at any other five hundred team, where's their defense at? Right there at the middle of the pack. Yeah. Middle of the pack. Maybe, maybe a little bit higher, maybe, maybe a little bit lower. Yeah. I just when I look at the NFC North, you know who are the best teams in the NFC North? The Bears right now and the Vikings. Yeah. Why? They have the they, best defense. They can they can and so they can close it down when they need to. And so in my opinion, you know whose fault that is then that Green Bay doesn't have a better defense? It's not Mike McCarthy. He's an offensive coach. He's a yeah. head coach, but he's an offensive mind. That's the fault of the GM. Yeah. That's the fault of the those that are drafting these players in. And so and just in my, this is my opinion that Mike McCarthy, great coach, won a Super Bowl. Green Bay has been really successful over the time that he's been there since 2006. It's not his fault, all of his fault. No. Surely everyone has a fault. Yeah. Let me phrase it. Everyone has a responsibility for them not making the playoffs. But it's not fully on the shoulders of Mike McCarthy, surely. And to add to that, Mike McCarthy – it's going to be the number one oh, coach on so the So many people are going to want Mike McCarthy. And I tell you where he's going to go, and I hope he does. He's going to go to Cleveland. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take right there. Right there. Mike McCarthy's going to go to Cleveland. And he should because who are you getting? Baker Mayfield, Heisman Trophy winner. They've got a stacked defense. Sure. They're ready to roll defense. They're a good team. 
They're, they got some they talent. Got, they've got they talent. got Pittsburgh and you know in, in Baltimore in their division. But where where was their dysfunction? Front office, no, and coaching, not front well, office. Coaching. They've got a GM. Is a former GM of the Chiefs and uh, Dorsey. Green Bay, yeah. Dorsey. But coaching, they get a coach. They get Mike McCarthy in there, and he brings his staff in there. It's it's going to be lights out. Baker Mayfield being coached by a really good offensive coach. Yeah. Who and and. And this is something that I, I really want to stress because I watched a lot of Baker Mayfield at his time at Texas Tech and at Oklahoma because I'm a huge college football fan. Like you're just a big college guy. I, I I love sports. That's why I mean my wife gets very frustrated because <laughs> uh, I I don't she smoke. does she does listen to the podcast. Dude. She does. She does listen to the podcast. And I also force her to listen to other sports podcasts while we're driving to many different destinations. Exactly. But um I watch a lot of college football and you know, I've watched a lot of Baker Mayfield, even those games where it's like, you know, Big Twelve only, you know, like you gotta find the channel on ESPN plus. He is a precision passing quarterback Mm. and he can put balls where you can't where only his player can get to him and you're going to have a coach that can teach you different routes how to execute like an Aaron Rodgers you know what Aaron Rodgers best passes do you you know what it is oh gosh I don't what what is it it's it's the over the shoulder pass like that was his pass to Jordy Nelson and a lot of his Craig Jennings like the little over the shoulder pass on the sideline to where like a, like a fifteen yard just down. yeah just like a, a fifteen yard kind of kind of <clears> streak <throat> and it's over over the right shoulder towards the sideline. Aaron could just fit that ball in there. Guess who else can? Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has extremely good touch. The other thing Baker Mayfield has is incredible elusiveness. Like he he can move laterally very well. Might be short in stature, but he's not an RG three. He's not going to blow out his knee because he's an athlete. Yeah, he's just you know making dumb decisions with the ball as he's carrying it. Yeah. So, well, that being said, what so what do you think the future of the Packers is? I, to be honest with you, I think they probably it's going to be hard for them to get a coach. I, I would be shocked if they could get someone like a McDaniel's. Um, from New England. Uh, I don't know if that's an attractive job at all because, you know, they they really pride themselves in drafting players. And they do good drafting yeah. and developing. Not too many free agents go there. Not I mean, many. Charles Woodson. Yeah, is, but like, uh, he was Peppers, looking for a ring. Peppers was there. Yeah, Julius, you're right. They were um, looking for rings. They were ring chasing yeah. because they wanted to go with the best quarterback, which Aaron is a very talented quarterback. Sure. I would say he's not the best quarterback in the league. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but you know, everyone's like, well, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback. I was like, uh, there's this kid named Patrick Mahomes. Oh my word. He's very good. And and people are like, well, he's just basically a rookie. And I've just we're watching the Notre Dame UCLA game heads up. We're in the first half. Eight clap with, with four minutes to go. And I within the last minute have seen like three Miss dunks by UCLA. <laughs> we do that a lot. Um, so some sloppy play. I mean, if you're dunking the ball, come on, come on, son. Um, 
I just, I don't think it's an attractive job. So I, I, I would say they're a 500 team. I'd say the bears own that division for the next five or six years. They have, uh, they have a quarterback on a rookie contract and they might have the best defensive player in the league. And they have an offensive minded coach. Yeah. Who can develop from, from Kansas from, city. Man. Is it Matt, Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy. He, he scripts plays like Andy Reed. Yeah. And everyone said, well, Andy Reed's Andy Reed's gone. You know, he, you know, Philly released him. Now he's in KC. I was like, you know, the best thing that happened to Andy Reed, he got released. He got released. Because <laughs> guess what? He's in KC where he gets to eat barbecue, the best barbecue. Yeah. And because you just got back from Kansas City. That's right. So I just got back from Kansas City. Um, Kansas City is an awesome town. Mm. Love, love the city. I love their their, and it goes back to what we discussed earlier. I love their connection that they have with their sports teams. They oh, yeah. love their Chiefs. They love they love the Royals, and they also love their soccer team. Oh yeah. And so they they do have a strong connection. Which, by the way, let me let me <laughs> pause you there. Sporting KC, the worst soccer name. They oh, my, be, I was just thinking. Oh. They used to be called the Wizards, the Kansas City Wizards. <laughs> I I don't follow MLS, but when they got switched to Sporting KC, I about shot myself in the face. The Sporting KC. I like their their colors. Oh no, but, the, uh, the colors are which, same as the Royals. Which almost. which reminds me, my my good buddy Tyler did mention FIFA nineteen guys FIFA. Is an awesome video game. Oh, and yes. me and me and my buddy Ty would would stay up hours playing that game. Of course, I would usually win, uh, and so we would stay up later because I felt bad for him. Just kidding. Ty was great at FIFA. Hashtag uh, humble brag. Hashtag humble. Just kidding. You know, I'm just kidding. But that being said, uh, you know, I guess this could be an opportunity to transition into something a little bit more serious because we are discussing Kansas City. Obviously, everything with Cream Hunt. The video has been made public yeah. about what he did, and. Mike, I want to hear your thoughts about it, but I, I do want to say something because it was one thing that I I just immediately thought about was I'm you know, I'm a Chargers fan. And the first thing I thought about after he got suspended was, oh, this is great for the Chargers. And I almost want to take a step back. Well, I don't want to almost I, I, I want to take a step back. I want all of our listeners to take a step back and think if the first thing you thought about after what maybe watching the video or reading about what happened and thinking how this is great for your team. Plus we got a chance to beat the Chiefs. Now now we have a chance to beat the Chiefs. I almost want to say, hey guys, let's let's take a step back yeah, and let's think is, about what's more important in life. And although yeah. this this woman that, you know, what whether or not she said something to him, whatever, we want to take a step back and think to ourselves, is she okay? Yeah. And we want to Think to ourselves, this is this is never okay. And yeah. so before I even think about my sports team, I want to think about, wow, this is a, an epidemic in our society that and occurs. I I would say to that, my my first opinion would be shame on the Chiefs. And, and like I said, I have been a Kansas City Chiefs fan since I was a little kid. I was born in Indianapolis um, and and just actually born in Carmel, Indiana, because that's where the hospital was, but Indianapolis native. Um, but, you know, love the Colts, love the Chiefs more because of my dad. Yeah. Always followed well, the Chiefs. You're kind of a Kansas boy. Yeah, kind of. Well, yeah, I'm a Jayhawks fan and a Royals fan. So, um, but that being said... Shame on the Chiefs 
for knowing that this happened in in February and and allowing Kareem Hunt to stay on the team. I would prop Casey for Kansas City for believing Kareem Hunt. That's showing that you're backing the player and saying, hey, we, we believe it. Because I don't believe there was any charges brought at that time, were there? I mean, I don't think so. It's already December, and now we're just really finding out yeah. about everything that's good. So they, they allowed him to play. They allowed him to play. For the first 10 weeks of the season. Yeah. But I would say, you know, bully to to Kansas City for saying, you know what? We don't accept this in our locker room. And and everyone's up in arms saying, well, what about Tyreek Hill? Well, is it because he's such a good player that you allow Tyreek Hill to stay there? Let's pause because this happened in college. The person that he hit, yes, was his girlfriend that was pregnant that became his wife. It still sounds – It sounds oh, terrible. Gosh. But like I say to you, I am a sinner, but I am saved by Christ. Do you think Christ gave up on Tyreek Hill? Do you think Christ has given up on Kareem Hunt? He hasn't. He hasn't given up on anyone. So for us to, to take a real step back, yes, from a money standpoint, player support, you know, us loving a team and saying, you know, let's, you know, he should not be in that position. Well, this is an opportunity for, for God to come in and save this young man's life and to say, you know what? You messed up. But regardless of you messing up, you are my son. I want to see you succeed. So let's not get down on on Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is a young man who made a mistake. We have all made mistakes. We we need to gather around and say, you know what, brother? Like you made a mistake, but we still love you. I think that's something that has not been said. Everyone's blaming him, throwing him, throwing him through the mud. I would hate to be in his position like a Ray Rice, you know, like, yeah, you know, you did something wrong and you're trying to repent. And all of a sudden the video goes viral. You get fired. If anything, I hope that locker room is doing all they can outside. Yeah. There's, there's been some players that have, have come out publicly and said, you know, yeah. obviously we've lost him as a teammate, but he's my friend. Yeah. You know, and, I'm, and I'm more concerned need, about that. You need to support him. And I haven't heard anyone in the media say that. And it's like, you know what? Shame on the media. Like this guy's going through a real hardship. Yeah. You know, he knows he did something wrong. Kansas City tried to see past that. Now, did he get caught up in a lie? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, he, li- he lied. He lied. He lied to the organization. And he got punished for that. But as far as it goes, you know, he's he's obviously taking the steps to say, you know, I know I lied. And I'm sorry for that. He got cut. Will he get picked up again? I hope someone gives him a second chance. Is he still going to be the same player? believe he will if he finds redemption um which i i hope he does and he's a phenomenal player and i hate he's only see, he's only 23 and i hate to see him go i hate to see him go from kansas city but 
Kansas City has done phenomenal in recruiting people, they found Kareem Hunt. But I think Kareem Hunt, regardless of this blemish, if he serves a six game or whatever suspension that he serves next year, he has the potential, the ability to be a Hall of Famer. He's a heck of a player. He is. He he would be, if he got picked up by New England tomorrow, he would be a franchise player for years to come. Yeah. And I just want to remind our listeners as well as we are, this is a more serious conversation than just discussing a specific, you know, a play or even a team season. But I I do want us to take a step back and, and, on this podcast, we recognize that sports have a significant role in society. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to think about and what we want to help our listeners think about as well is how do we think about these things? Yeah. Uh, how do we think about when a, when a player, you know, assaults a woman, what does yeah. that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as Mike said, we, we take a step and we recognize what they did was, was wrong. Absolutely wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think it's okay to, to, to be a little bit upset, to not be a little bit, to be upset at that individual for, for doing that thing. But that being said, how can we, you know, as Christian, how can we help pray for this individual and how can we help see this individual succeed? We, right. we don't want to just push them down and that's it. We want to help them get back up. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that you, you said that well in that case. Even a lot of the players, I mean, even if you look at, you know, pro basketball players, going through stuff like that. I mean, a good friend of mine, Greg Oden, went through a similar situation. And if you don't know, if you don't know the details, don't, you know, you can't really dig into it. But it's like, look, I feel bad because he got caught in a hard spot, a rock in a hard spot. I don't know all the details, so I shouldn't go into that. But we should always be praying for for our brothers. And, and that's something that I always, even going, thinking about that, it's like, you know, we're all put in hard situations, but think about having, like, if you're a LeBron James and you have, you know, 150 million followers on Instagram or billions of followers on Twitter, billions of fans worldwide, and it comes out, you know, someone catches a video of LeBron, you know, hitting his wife not saying that that ever happened. Yeah. That, that's not what I'm saying. But all accounts, but, he's an amazing man. Yeah. And, and he's, he's an amazing human being. But if that happened and they caught that on, like if someone caught that on a cell phone that he hit his wife, it, it would be the end. Like the internet would fall apart, you know, like just those fake spoofs that you see like on Facebook or Instagram with like, the rock has lost all of his followers. Look what he did. And it's, you know, a scam. Sure. It's like, but at the same time, it's like, okay, everyone has a moment where the devil has like caught them at their lowest, where they have, they have, he has weaseled his way in to get us at their lowest. And, and immediately the media, like a snake, We'll just grab like a python, we'll just grab on and just choke the life out of you. But there's no one there to help redeem you. There's no one there that says, Hey, brother, come come to me. I want to talk to you. 
about the positive, where we can go from here, yeah. not not dwelling on the past because the past is the past. It's behind us. You know, it, it happened then. Where are we now? You know, if we continue to dwell on on what happened in the past, we're not moving forward. Yeah. You know, no, that's a really good word. That's I think that's a reminder to all of us as well that if, if someone's. You know, we, we use the, the, the common term, the common verb stumbled. Yeah. But if, if someone's struggling, what could we do to help them out? And I mm-hmm. think that's that's a good reminder that we could I think that we could all glean from that is how can we go about helping others yeah. that are having trouble helping themselves? Yeah. And there's there's all sorts of players. I mean, you see the top ten fails, you know, on ESPN or you know, people, you know, just having a rough time in their pro athletes, you know, I'd rather interview them and say, Hey, you know, I know something, you know, I know you're struggling at this time, but what is there that we can help you? You know? Cause I think that's something that, that we leave out. It's like all these guys are professional athletes, yeah. but everyone has a hard time and they need that win. Yeah. They need a win so that they can get back on the right page. That's just like Mark Helfels. Like, I feel so bad. With oh, people man. what mocking. a guy. He's he's a he's a kid. He's what 20, 21, maybe? 20, 21 years yeah, old. 21 years old. And I I just always say like this kid had the weight of the world put on him. And I know a lot of people are like, "Well, he's got the yips. He's got the yips." He's actually, he's actually 20. 20. He can't wow. even can't even drink yet. Yeah, can't even buy alcohol for himself. Yeah, and not saying that alcohol is is your thing at 20 one years old that that's your rite of passage but you know this kid's this kid's 20 he's got a number one contract it's just like my friend greg number one contract number one shoe deal guaranteed money you're in a city that you've never been in a coastal difference just like philadelphia and philadelphia is not uh it's not no, the light of heart not right? a forgiving city <laughs> you know at least when greg went from indiana i mean he went from indiana to ohio state and then Indianapolis to Columbus to Portland. So he went across Portland's a very forgiving city. Sure. You know, they let Bill Walton have his injuries and stuff like that before, you know, he really came to, but it's like, there's so much pressure. And, and Markel Fultz is looking for a win. He is a great player. Like, if you've watched him, he's a phenomenal athlete. He can take anyone to the hole. But his shooting is just, you know, there's a there's there's a there's glitch. Something, there's something going on there. And, and it's like, okay, he's he's he needs a win to get him rolling. I don't know if it's the coaching that's the problem or if it's something – deeper than that if there's if there's a a a you know ball and chain to his ankle or to his shooting arm that's just not allowing him to get to that level because i i honestly i think jason tatum great pick good good player you know lonzo ball starting to come into his own after he put on some weight but markel fultz is still number one overall pick I don't think he's number one bust, but you need to have a coach. And I guarantee you, like, there's only a couple coaches that could get him through that. I don't think Philly's coach is that guy. 
I think if he was a Greg Popovich yeah. or a Brad Stevens, and I know this is going to shock a lot of people, but I think um, the Pacers coach, um, I'm blanking on his name right now. He's a point guard for, or he was a guard for the Portland Trail Blazers back in the day. Totally blanking on his name. <laughs> this is terrible for a sports podcast. You're such a bad sports I, podcast I'm just, guy. I'm just terrible. But you know, when you get a couple drinks in and you're watching a lot of Seton Hall beating number nine Kentucky. Oh, Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan. That's right. Just and there's a game on tonight and I missed it. Um, <laughs> so, but a Nate McMillan who was a guard who went through those problems and who has turned a somewhat, you know, if you look at the Pacers, they're not the Pacers are not a a team. They're a team of rejects, basically. I mean, you know, players that weren't wanting, like a Doug McDermott or a Collison or Victor Oladipo. You know, this is Victor's third team. Third team. Yeah. Drafted by Orlando, traded to OKC, traded to Indiana. You know, like you've got, besides TJ Leaf and Miles Turner, you know, Thaddeus Young, you know, like Boyan Bogdanovich. Like those are a bunch of reject guys. There's a number four or five seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they're playing well. So I, I think those three coaches would fix a Marco Fultz. But you know, it, it's it's those players that need a win. You know, they just they need a win to get on a roll. And once they get on a roll, they'll be all stars, and they'll be like, you know, there was a time where I didn't think I was going to make it, you know, like the rock, you know, where he had $7 in his pocket <laughs> and was, you know, doing, you know, supermarket, you know, wrestling tours. But you know what? He just needed one win to get onto the next one, to get onto the next one, to get onto the next one. Now he's the number one actor in yeah. the world. Well, I would say that's the case with just a lot of athletes in general. And even I would maybe even say people in general. We just need someone to take a chance on us. We need someone to believe in us to yeah. help develop us and guide us. Yeah. Um, and that's really all that we need, you know. And I, oh, yeah. the, the first thing I think of off the top of my head is um, because I'm a Chargers fan, of course, is uh, is someone like Drew Brees. Oh, yeah. You know, tears his rotator cuff in in 2005, mm-hmm. and you know people even thought his his career was done. Sean Payton takes a chance on him in New Orleans, and quite frankly, they win a suit. Kind of the rest is history. He's going to be maybe one of the best. He's oh. already probably already is is one of the best all time quarterbacks oh, of yeah. all time. He'll pass Brady because I, I think body wise, Breeze will outlast Brady by far. He's he's a better athlete. And guess who passed on him? The, the, Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Miami Dolphins passed on Drew Brees, and guess who was their coach? Nick Saban. <laughs> Think how history would have completely been rewritten if, I mean, now Nick Saban is more of a defensive and special teams coach. But Drew Brees is Drew Brees. I mean, you could say Drew Brees is not the same without Sean Payton. And I would I would agree. But you don't think Nick Saban, the dominant force that he's been at Alabama, that he couldn't have done great something, things. Something. With he Drew could Brees. have gotten the right coordinator to make Drew Brees what he is now in Miami. And then we'd be talking about Miami winning a championship or two. And where would Marino's legacy be then? Yeah. You know, Marino 
If Breeze won two Super Bowls there, Marino would fade into the distance. Shula's undefeated, like Shula's undefeated season, would be the only thing that they would pay attention to, and that it'd be Drew Brees. Hmm. Bold take. Another bold. You've had a couple. I, bold, you you've know, had a couple yeah. bold takes tonight. We're not it. sponsored by by Sun King, but we've had a couple Wemax here, and and the bold takes just flow right through. <laughs> they me. just they keep coming out. They just um, keep coming. Yeah. Well, that being said, I, I want to go ahead and and note that we we have had another message left for us by our actually our statistician. Yes. One Jason Pittman, who actually is my dad, there you um, go. and is also the owner of JP Plumbing Systems, where he protects the sanitation of the nation. I would like to ask the two of you a question. When you were younger, who was your favorite sports talk show host to listen to? as you guys get older who do you enjoy listening to now what sports talk show host do you enjoy listening to now thank you uh, 5 9 225 I'll take it off the air first time long time out so as a kid I did not listen to a lot of sports talk radio because as a kid um, I was watching ESPN and and the funny thing was, uh, you know, growing up, not in, you know, I was, I would say I was in middle class family, um, but I would always watch ESPN at school because we couldn't afford cable. So Your I would, school allowed you to watch ESPN. So our school, that's an was, amazing school. So my middle school that closed, uh, not even too recently, I think they closed when I was in college. But I would get there early because our bus would get there early and they would have breakfast if you wanted to buy breakfast, like a like a breakfast pizza or yeah. something like that. Donut holes. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Um, we would go down and uh, sit in the cafeteria and have ESPN on. And usually it was uh, early enough on the East Coast to uh, watch Dan Patrick. All right. Uh, and it was the overnight watching Dan Patrick. Was and that with Keith Olbermann too? Or yeah. Just, uh, just I don't know who it was with at the time. I, I know. I just remember Dan. And and he just stuck out to me. And it, it was one of those things like I just loved when he would do like the football, you know, plays and just recounting games. I would just listen to him. I'm like, man, I was like, and then I don't know if this is wrong by saying this, but he just had like. It was the voice. Like he's got you, a great voice. Yeah, and when you listen, and it's even when you watch games now. Like I, I could watch Gus Johnson. Oh man, Fox. I love I love Gus. Gus Johnson has an amazing voice, and I could just listen to him. Touchdown! Uh, he's just he could say it well. Oh yeah, and uh, Brett Musburger. I could listen to Brett Brett Musburger, Al Michaels. Uh, you know uh, who, my, who my favorite one was? He used to announce when he's retired. Keith Jackson. Oh, okay. Nelly. Oh, <laughs> man, I love me some Keith Jackson. But, and then, you know, uh, who's the other one? Joe Buck. I don't want to forget Joe Buck because awesome play-by-play. But, you know, I can just listen to those guys. And, and even with Dan, like, I could listen to, you know, I could just listen to them while they were on TV. I just close my eyes and just hear the way that they were describing the game, the highlights, you know, like, you know, 
when there was when they were doing the play by play for baseball, and then he'd be like, "And gone." And it's like, yeah, I know exactly what happened, you know. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would say Dan Patrick, you know, was probably my favorite, and I really picked up with him uh, when I was in high school, and that was like an in between time. I, I know I listen to the Dan Patrick show now, and when I was in high school, he started doing the Dan Patrick radio show. So that's when I started listening to him uh, and it was kind of hit or miss. And then I believe when I was in college, uh, he left ESPN. And, and I noticed that because I, like, I, I just, I didn't hear the ESPN you know, radio when he was doing the Dan Patrick show. And, and all of a sudden, like I tried, I searched online and it said, you know, they parted ways and all of a sudden, you know, I started listening. Like I tried to find out his, you know, podcast or whatever. Found his podcast, started listening to him in college. So I'd probably been listening to the Dan Patrick show. And this is kind of a forced answer. But from from ESPN watching him early on sure, as, sure. as a youngster in middle school. Yeah. But then as soon as he got on his own, like I've been listening to him ever since. Uh, and I've called, I mean, just like everyone probably has called into the Dan Patrick <laughs> show and and, you know, a lot of it comes down to the guys who are screening the calls. Um, so, you know, you, you don't always get on. They've got their kind of stable horse of, yeah. like, what callers. Who, who, they, who they put on. You know, yeah. So, but, yeah, I mean, Dan Patrick would probably be the best. I, I would say there are some up-and-comers that I do listen to, but it, it kind of wears on me a little bit. I like Clay Travis. He's an up and comer. He's he's gonna be you know if he wants to stay with it, which I don't think he will. He's gonna move on to something. He'll be on Fox and doing stuff like that. Yeah, he'll move on to something bigger. Colin Cowherd will probably finish his career with Fox because he's so good. But uh, I love Doug Gottlieb just because I mean he's he's younger. He's only he's not that much older than me. I think he's thirty nine. He's not too old. 39 or 40. He's in his 40s. Like he, when he was talking about when he was playing, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm not that much young. I'm, I'm 32. So, um, he's not that much older than me. Yeah. Actually, he's 41. 41. So he's, he's, I mean, not too much. He's nine years. He's nine yeah. years older. That's yeah. like, I mean, that's, he can be your older brother. He could be my older brother. Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, when I listen to him, he's got great takes and, and like us, he listens to other shows, yeah, um, which doesn't influence, but it gives you a broader perspective. Of saying, okay, if these guys are thinking this, let me let me look and see what's really going on. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, those are mine. What yeah. what are yours? I mean, you're California. You yeah, have a for, for me, there's there's really two individuals. I, I would say three that stick out. Um, and the first one is he's a San Diego native. Well, he's he's not from San Diego, but that's where he was really made popular. Is Lee. Hacksaw Hamilton. Um, okay, so are we going local? Because well, he's just he's the one that well, and he was on ESPN though, so okay. like he was. So he sticks um, out. So he sticks out, and and the reason for that is he was a Chargers fan. He was a Chargers homer, um, and he he really popularized popularized the phrase "Show me your lightning bolt" and just yeah. really he was a Charger guy. Um, and I, it's funny, you know, when you're younger, you obviously you don't have a car or anything like that, so you don't listen to too many sports radio hosts. But I'll never forget this when I was oh – man, I had – I think I – it was in 2006. And so I was 12 years old. I called into Lee Hacksaw Hamilton 
on ESPN. Well, that shows our age difference. That shows our age difference. And I and I said, you know, I in my squeaky little voice, so I, I asked him the question. I can't remember it verbatim. I don't want to screw it up. But I asked Hacksaw. It's probably on file somewhere. And I hope it is. Somewhere I hope it is on file somewhere. But I, I asked Hacksaw his opinion about the Chargers – and their new quarterback, Philip Rivers. Oh, Can you believe that? It was in 2006, and he's still trugging. But I asked him what he thought about how Philip Rivers would do as their new quarterback with Drew Brees being gone. And, you know, he answered my question in his typical Hacksawian fashion, very passionate, very devoted to the Chargers. And I just remember that, and it was a, a strong bonding experience for my dad and me, who my dad still loves sports radio, and and that's just and that's one reason why I love doing this podcast. Oh. Um, but I would say two other guys: um, Roger Lodge. He's he's a California guy, uh-huh. broadcasting out of the Big A, AMA Thirty. Great, great guy to listen to. But I I think you hit the nail on the head with Dan Patrick. I yeah. think I think we both agree. With Dan Patrick does sports radio the way sports radio should be done. You yeah. and your buddies eating some meat on a Friday. Talking yeah. about sports, the Meat Friday stuff is 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 great, and the the amount of support that he gets. Oh, it's crazy! It's crazy, and from and, everywhere. And and I'm I'm gonna say this, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, you're crazy!" They all make you know tons of money. They're very humble because they're they are who they are. They're not trying to be someone else. You know, they are they are who they are. They're you know just a bunch of dudes. Yeah, I mean, talking about sports. It's what Seaton, Andrew, Polly, um, Polly, and Fritz, Todd, like and Dan. It's like you know what they're. I, I don't want to say this. It's like they're the ESPN rejects. Like and the, they like, all work for ESPN. Yeah, they all work for ESPN. And I, I would say this. You know, everyone's like you know, suck a back row, Todd. You know, you is, suck or whatever. But it's like if you don't have a guy that can just call everyone, like Todd can, you know, and get all those good interviews. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're calling because of Dan, but um, you know, because Dan's Dan's great. But it's like Todd is just tenacious. McLovin, I mean, you can't really think of a smarter guy because I, I went actually to Dartmouth. Was, went to Dartmouth, but then also the fact that he, um, that you know, he helped. Uh, trying, I blanking on the Denver quarterback's name. Oh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. He co-wrote a book with Case Kim on Christian Audible. And I was like, that's, that's cool. And not only that, you know, you know, Seton is a great mixer and Pauly, like both Pauly and Seton are just your guys that it's like, you know, if you were going to roll somewhere, like if Dan was going to roll to Notre Dame, those are the guys you're bringing. Those are your boys. Like, you know, and even though Dan's significantly older than him, it's like, they're, there's boys. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, that's who you're gonna go with. So, so I, I think what Mike's saying is that we're looking for boys that could help. <laughs> just get, that are you know that could. Yeah, if we, if we had sidekicks, yeah, if we had sidekicks, this would be a great show. But so. right now we're just <laughs> exactly right. This is where we're at right now. But I was like, yeah, it's nice having. Some, I mean, it's nice having some pull, but at the same time, it's like I like just doing the two man show. If we had, if we had producers and. Coast to coast athletic and people doing our makeup. That wouldn't be us. That's not us. We're this is where we are. Just a bunch of dudes talking about sports. So, well, that being said, Mike, our time is about up here. Um, We don't got too much time left. But tell me about something that you're thankful for. 
Well, today I am very a. I'm thankful for you, brother. Yeah, I'm thankful for you for, for you bringing too. this. Uh, but I tell you what, you know, I'm just I'm thankful for for my brothers at Emmanuel Baptist Church, and, and it doesn't matter what church you go to. Uh, the fact that we had 80 plus guys on a men's retreat um, this Friday and Saturday, uh, I, I don't think, you know, there's nothing that compares to that. Sure. Um, so I'm just thankful for them, you know, thankful for guys that, that I know if I was going through a rough time, just like we we're talking about with Kareem Hunt, like if I was going through a rough time, there's not one guy there that wouldn't say, you know what, brother, I'm going to help you. Yeah. And, and I would just say, you know, the same for you. Like, like if there's anything you needed there in a second, you don't even have to worry about it. Yeah. So I would say I'm just thankful for my brothers at Emmanuel church. Yeah. I would say the same thing. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful to have a job and I could put food on the table and I'm thankful for you, man. Yeah. So same brother. Yeah. That being said, man, I love you. Love you too. That's something we should not be ashamed to say. Nope. Heck no.